We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Yeah, I just went out there and did what Spike and Pete do. <laughs> Teammates played great, and we uh, came out with the victory, you know? I'm just trying to really get my, my NBA 2K rating up. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. It's Thursday, November 7th. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. We are sponsored, as always, by FanDuel.com best site to play daily fantasy and check out the FanDuel Sportsbook as well a lot of the numbers that we'll be referencing on this pod not only today but throughout the season come from the FanDuel Sportsbook ton of future bets there a lot of NBA stuff for for basically any NBA gambling that you may want to do uh, is available uh, provided that you're in the correct area unfortunately us in Wisconsin we can only look at the odds from afar uh, but hopefully someday uh, we'll be able to actually place those bets uh, anyway, we had huge news in the NBA last night. The the usual loaded Wednesday slate with a ton of games. We only have four games tonight on Thursday. But the Orlando Magic did not win. But for the first time in eight games, they broke the century mark, which I, I tried to do some research on this using the play index the other day. And unfortunately, you can't search for, for like streaks to start the season. But it had been at least like five years since a team had started a season with seven straight games under 100 points but congratulations to orlando which, which sits at two and six um part of what we, what i wanted to do today is talk about some teams or, or players and ask you are you worried or not and the magic are on that list they're the, the first yeah. team that i wrote down and within that is you know for fantasy purposes nick vucevic who's off to a bit of a slow start aaron gordon who's I wouldn't even say off to a slow start. He's just played like Aaron Gordon, right. and it's starting to look like maybe this isn't the year for the fourth straight year that he breaks out. Uh, and perhaps the guy who's killed at least two of my teams in the early going, Terrence Ross, who uh, oh, yeah. I selected in like, you know, around pick 100 to kind of just be a guy who gives me two to three three-pointers a game for teams that I really needed it. And he has done the opposite of that. He, he and Eric Gordon are in a fierce competition for who can be the most damaging player in the NBA so far, uh, Terrence Ross is shooting 19% from three. He is that eight is. for 42 from beyond the arc uh, on the year. This is a guy who's like a career 38% three-point shooter. Right. 
off to a horrific start. And Orlando, I mean, in general, is reeling. I, I think they were a team that we thought would you know, almost kind of be penciled in as a seven or an eight. They brought basically everyone back. They added El Farouk Aminu, and they look significantly worse than last year. And, you know, they got off to a little bit of a slow start in 2018-19, in but uh, I think this is a little bit concerning. The good news is it's the East, and you can kind right. of afford to start two and six, and you're, you know, you're not behind the eight ball like you would be in the West. They're also in a relatively easy conference. I mean, they have the heat to deal with, but then, you know, the Hawks. and But, yeah, I, I think when you look at the shooting percentages for the Magic, it's just so bad. that they, yeah. I, I guess maybe that's the good thing is that most of these numbers actually seem like unsustainably bad. Like Vucevic, shoot poorly. <laughs> right. Vucevic is not going to continue to shoot 42% from the field. We mentioned Ross, Fournier is only at 30%. Um, so I think that will improve, but I think, you know, a lot of people completely just wrote the magic into the playoffs this year and their defense has been good, continues mm-hmm. to been good, continues to be good. But at the same time that almost no one on this team inspires a lot of offensive confidence and no. they may have overperformed last season. So I don't know if I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. I still assume they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, James and I talked about this on on yesterday's pod, where like, I just don't know what the other team is. Like, what team is playing right. so well that they're going to take the spot? You know, like right now, the standings would imply that that team is Charlotte. They're four and three. I don't think that's a real four and three. They've caught <laughs> some. They've caught some breaks in terms of the schedule yeah. and you know nights off and whatnot. And I mean, they've they've been better than I expected. That's for sure. I I did not think they would have four wins. You know, the first week in November, but long term even though orlando has been by far the worst offense in the league and it's not even close in terms of scoring in terms of efficiency i I dropped the stat on yesterday's pod it's no longer true after last night but going into last night they had a lower true shooting percentage than the bucks had field goal percentage which is like extremely hard to do and they were they were averaging like nine made threes a game you know (laughs) like on an average night they were nine of 31 from three uh, that's going to come around to some degree. I mean, Terrence Ross isn't going to shoot 19% for the whole year, but I mean, like you kind of alluded to, like maybe Nick Vucevic had the best year of his career last year and it was a one-off. And, you know, if he can give you 80% of that, you know, maybe that's kind of what you have to take. And I, I you do have to wonder, like, do they regret, this was something that James brought up yesterday. Like, do they regret giving him that extension? Because even after the quote unquote highs of last season, when you win one playoff game, and things look to be moving in the right direction for a team that had been, you know, in a pretty rough spot basically since Dwight left. It almost seems like they kind of rushed into like keeping this core together that in you know, in reality just doesn't have that much upside. Not inspiring. No, core. very, very 2008 bucks. Well, exactly. Um, and I think I don't think I, I assume the ownership for the Magic don't want a tank at all, because no. if you did, you would let Vucevic walk. Uh, you would probably try to trade Aaron Gordon because it doesn't seem like he's quote unquote the one. I mean, we've seen the Hawks do this. Did anyone <laughs> think he was the one? <laughs> I, I mean, he was drafted relatively high, right? Yeah, I mean, number he had four. Yeah. Expectations. Um, he's been, I mean, just bad. Thirteen points a game. He shouldn't be this bad. He, there's no reason for him to be this bad. I don't understand it. I mean, he, it's tough when you see like Brandon Ingram, you know, finally. Right. kind of taking that next step and you can you know debate about good team or good stats bad team and what that all means but i mean gordon has just been stagnant you know three seasons ago already now 2017 18 18 points a game eight rebounds two and a half assists almost two steals and blocks like it, it looked like you know that was kind of going to be the next step for him and then you know last season regressed if anything um and then this season now it's kind of seems like he's taken maybe another slight step back already it seemed like he could turn into sort of what blake griffin is now kind of this ball handling forward hyper athletic can shoot threes isn't like knocked down but he can like run a team and it's not close to that well he said like he wants to be a, a lebron type and so right. do i man but <laughs> not everybody can do that uh, I'm looking at the um, basketball reference has their simple rating system mm-hmm. combines net rating and strength of schedule. There are only five Eastern Conference teams with a positive simple rating system. And the gap between five and six, the Raptors are 4.7. The Hawks are next with a negative 0.9. Oof. So the gap between, I guess, <laughs> who's actually good and who is, you know, yeah. racing to get swept in the first round is pretty significant 
interestingly enough, I'm looking at that same list. Uh, one of the teams that's right on the borderline, the first team in the negative column, um, which as usual, this usually splits about 50-50. So there's 13 teams with a positive SRS and right now 17 teams with negative. Uh, that team that's right on the borderline is Portland. And right. they're another team on my list of how worried are you about the Portland Trailblazers. James said yesterday that he thinks they're they're out of the playoffs, you know, as of right now, the way that they've played and how things look based on that roster, based on losing Zach Collins. I mean, Pau Gasol hasn't even suited up yet. Right. Um I yeah, I'm I'm I was pretty high on Portland coming in. I was I think they've beaten their over under pretty significantly the last two or three years and I you know, I was kind of on the train that they just do it again because that's what they do. But losing Zach Collins for this roster specifically, I mean, they they basically needed him to play like 80 games. And now it's Anthony Tolliver, it's Mario Hazonia, Scalabissier is playing like 18 minutes a game. They, you know, I don't know. I mean, their path to to kind of sticking in that playoff race might it might be trending towards a trade at some point, and maybe it already was before the college injury. But I mean, they're in a pretty tough spot right now. I agree. Their over under was 46 and a half. Um, yeah, they just. I, this was the thing I was always worried about with Portland is they have no depth mm-hmm. at all. I mean, their their margin to be a you know a competitive basketball team. I mean, they're they're going to always be competitive because they have Dame and CJ. But beyond that, if you lose any of those other guys, or even if you lose one of Dame and CJ, it's pretty rough. Like you can't trust most of these right. other guys. And in the Western Conference and in a division that also has the Nuggets and the Jazz in it, there are zero easy mm-hmm. wins. And like you mentioned, they use, they've been hitting the over recently, exceeding expectations. But it's that's it's going to end one year, and it seems like mm-hmm. this might be the one. I mean, they won fifty three games last year, and that, right. like you said, that over under was what forty six and a half. I just I just felt like right, yes. that was too too big of a you know a, a step down. I guess you know I I think losing Nurkic for most of the year is a big part of that, but I didn't think seven games. You know that that seemed like a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. I think other than Dame Lillard, there's a case to be made that Zach Collins was this, you know, the second most valuable player in terms of a guy you don't want to be without for five months. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, C.J. McCollum is their second best player. There's no debate about that. But you have Anthony Simons, who isn't C.J. McCollum, but there's a chance that he could do a reasonable impression of what C.J. McCollum does, which is just score the basketball at a high rate fairly efficiently. Right. Um, and McCollum has you know, gotten off to a slow start as well. But you know, if you lose Dame, obviously things are, are going to go downhill. If you lose McCollum, you have Anthony Simons. If you lose Rodney or uh, Rodney Hood, you have Ken Bazemore. You know, like you at least have like somebody there. And you know, if you lose Whiteside, you had Zach Collins. If you lose Zach Collins, you know, there's that. that I think was their weakest position coming into the season in terms of depth. Yeah, I mean, he was going to play power forward and center. I'm, yeah, I'm right. sure they would have loved for him to play 40 minutes a game. Right, and that's the thing with like why I compare him to Whiteside. Like Whiteside can't do both. Like he is just a center, and he can only really play for so sure. many minutes without starting to hurt you. And when he was off the court, it was going to be Collins at center. And now, I mean, they can't get Nurkic back soon enough. I mean, that might be the, the thing that really swings this season is how just how long Nurkic is out. I was just about to say, I think I, I think really this is proving how valuable of a player Yusuf Nurkic was for them. Um, I mean, he had, he had a massive – what was the game he had last year? He had like a 25 – he had like five steals. He had five by five last year. Did he? Yeah, I, I mean, think he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year his net rating was plus eleven, which is very good. Um, he's so much better than Whiteside, and I know Whiteside's like a name, but you know, people who have been paying attention to the NBA know that like Whiteside is hasn't been contributing to winning basketball lately, Mm-mm. like you mentioned. Um, so I think the drop off from Nurkic to Whiteside is probably bigger than it seems. And the depth around those guys is just not, Mm -hmm. it's not meshing. The game you were referencing was on New Year's Day last season. He had 24, 23, seven assists, five blocks, five steals. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season is in full swing and FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, and these contests start at just 25 cents per entry. All you have to do is pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You can play against your friends for bragging rights, or you can play against the public for millions of dollars in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw. That's fanduel.com 
slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription with that first deposit on fanduel that'll get you access to our dfs lineup optimizers premium articles draft software everything you need to win your leagues this season just visit fanduel.com slash rw void where prohibited all right other guys on my list mike conley worried or not worried i am mostly not worried i think um it is weird that he's been this bad, but it's it's been improving a little bit. And I do think playing with a completely different cast of players in a different environment is probably throwing him off considering he was a Memphis Grizzly from 2007 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, him and Marcus All, I think they, they probably played so well off of each other and had so much chemistry that when he kind of, when, he, when Gasol's not there anymore, he probably is expecting players to be in certain places when they aren't stuff like that so i think he's i think he's going to bounce back i mean i'm i think by the time the playoffs roll around we will probably just be looking back and be like remember when conley had like a bad 15 game start to the season and now he's mike conley again i i would bank on that as well i mean and the argument really is he's mike conley and he's been super (laughs) consistent um but i mean like i said on on vcin yesterday was he's one of those guys that he's been so consistent that no one no one questioned how he would fit there at all you know usually when and mike conley's not a superstar uh, but usually when stars or superstars change teams especially over the summer when there's nothing else to talk about somebody does a segment on will this work or not and it was just assumed that he would be the perfect fit you know he's kind of always been that that secondary guy they have donovan mitchell um and it's not that he hasn't been a good fit it's just that he he's just shooting the ball terribly he has three games with a negative game score on basketball reference his already. PER is eight. He has a one of one for 16, 0 for seven, two for 10 games already. And he, he had really one good game, I would say 29 and five uh, against the Clippers uh, the night, the day before Halloween. But really other than that, he's had like two average ish games and like four really bad games. Right. I guess one thing, if you like, if you, if you have Mike Conley in fantasy, his usage is virtually identical to what it's been for mm-hmm. the past five years. So it's really just the shots not going down. It's his teammates not making shots sometimes yeah. on assists. The turnovers too have been have been elevated. So that that is the the silver lining. It's not like his usage rate has dropped off by ten percent. Right. I was actually surprised if it's it's technically it's almost the same level as last year. Mm-hmm. So I I assumed he just wasn't. You know, I knew he was still shooting the ball and missing, but yeah, um, definitely encouraging there. D'Angelo Russell. I I don't recall exactly how high you were on Russell. I know in this office some were higher than others i know james was a big russell guy <laughs> shannon shannon was a big russell guy the, the, the per game numbers are okay i mean he's only played in five games he's playing almost the exact same workload in terms of minutes 19 points six and a half assists he's yet to record a steal he has one block really not doing much rebounding but he's never been never been a great rebounder percentage wise you know he's shooting 31 percent from three i mean this this is one of those things that can swing wildly night to night just based on the small sample but I mean, he's going to be in a pretty tough spot going forward with, I mean, he'll get Draymond back eventually, but no Steph for an extended period of time. Like, I think this could go one of two ways. Like D'Angelo Russell just puts up great counting stats, maybe on not so great efficiency, or as the Warriors, I think, kind of shift into a, a covert tank job the rest of the way. You know, are they throwing D'Angelo Russell out there 38 minutes a night, or is he going to be kind of like Draymond? I think, you know, capped maybe in the low 30s on a lot of nights when, they don't want to overextend him for basically no reason. Yeah, it's this is kind of weird because the you know watching the Warriors play last night that was last night against the the Rockets mm-hmm. with that skeleton crew like they were playing very much like the original Steve Kerr Warriors. Yes. It was it was actually fun to watch. Um, and D'Angelo Russell isn't he's not that guy. He's he's like kind of an ISO pick and roll um, usage heavy guard. And I don't know what happens. Like I, I think Steve Kerr wants. I think Steve Kerr likes his style of play more than he likes D'Angelo Russell. Yes. Uh, so I don't know exactly how those two things are going to mesh. I'm sure he'll put up numbers, but um, I just, I don't, I don't know what this will mean for his career long term. Like, what if this year is a complete disaster, and he can't fit with this team who has mm-hmm. one of the be- theoretically one of the best coaches ever. And he can't, you know, he can't, ha- you know, it just doesn't work. What does that mean for him? He's also, I'm looking at stats, he's never, even last year, 
had a he had a negative net rating last year. Yep. He's never had a positive net rating. That's not the you know that's not the be all end all. Mm-hmm. But um, you know we saw the chemistry issues in L.A. and then he moved to Brooklyn and now it's Golden State and it's not going well. So you know the people who are high on D'Angelo Russell, I get it still, but for now I think the people who are concerned that he's not a winning player are still probably in the lead that this was a race. And I think the Warriors were aware of that, right? I mean, it was kind of a desperation move. It's not like they could have traded for anybody. Like, they were limited to trading for someone on the Nets because Kevin Durant was going to the Nets. So in some ways, it was not... I'm sure Russell was not at the top of their list of guys that they wanted to get. It was just an asset grab. Do you think... Jared Allen. Yeah, well, (laughs) do do you think the way that this season has gone just completely off the rails in a way that the Warriors could not have expected. Does this increase the likelihood that he's traded, you know, before February's deadline? I think it does. I think so too. Yeah. Because why would they want him there can possibly getting them some extra wins? And why would he want to be there on a tanking team? Like it just doesn't really make sense for either of these things. Well, the counter argument is we really only got to see him and Steph play in like two and a half games and we, we may not get to see him play at all with clay. So I think they'll, I think he'll be softly available for the right price, but I, I don't think it's the end of the world for the Warriors if you come back next season with healthy Steph, healthy Draymond, healthy Clay, healthy D'Angelo Russell, plus you know lottery pick X. I agree. I just think they would rather. It's so it, it's watching them play. They need depth more than they need another right guy, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. if they have Clay, Steph, and Draymond, at that point, I think which was the strength of their team before the Durant thing, before all mm-hmm. this happened, was their depth and the style of play. I don't think they need four, you know, four guys and then a bunch of just not so you th- very Do you good think it makes players. more sense to flip him to, say, Minnesota for Robert Covington, maybe the Gorgie Jang expiring, and, like, I don't know, Jake Lehman, somebody like, like just I kind mean, of pick up, pick up a, de- like a, a very good strong wing in Covington and then another guy who can be your sixth or seventh man in layman yeah for sure i mean they, i feel like they might yeah they might want like a younger like culver or koji yeah but yeah i don't culver would be tough it depends how much minnesota really wants russell right it's it's just it makes it really hard to evaluate him too and i i think there's you know you can kind of frame the argument either way where it's like if russell struggles it's like well he's got nothing around him and we we, we have no idea like I, I think it would have been really beneficial for this for the warriors to just stay healthy for like two months right and like yeah. we have no idea how it would have gone like we've like what we remember is they just got like absolutely blown out in two of those games it's it is weird that we're like five years into russell's career and we still have no idea yeah i mean this season's gonna be like it's gonna make it even murkier i think and right. i mean he ha- he's at least signed an extension so it's not like some team has to make a, a, a huge decision about whether to pay him this summer. I mean, he's on what I think is a fairly affordable deal. I guess it depends how, how highly you think of him. But, um, yeah, I, I think it makes the evaluation process basically impossible for Golden State. Right. I think, I think like you mentioned, though, the theoretical framework of a trade that brings in more, a more balanced group of players mm-hmm. and sends out D'Angelo Russell probably is what they're looking at. Let's talk about the value in Daily Fantasy for a minute. The big prizes are attractive, but you have to finish in the top 2% out of thousands of experts to win any real money. So even on your best day, you still feel like you're losing. Now, you can play something better. That's Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a house-based game that combines the best of Daily Fantasy and Survivor pools. Each Stat Hero contest lasts multiple days, but requires only one entry fee, so your money lasts longer. Yes, you can play multiple days with only one entry fee. Stat Hero gives you smaller contests and more chances to win, and no more competing with sharks or experts ever because your only competition is Stat Hero itself. You play Stat Hero, you beat Stat Hero, you get paid by Stat Hero. Survive the game and download Stat Hero today and see how the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. Finally, a game designed for the rest of us. Stat Hero, now open for NFL and NBA and available on both iOS and Android. For more information, please visit StatHero.com. How worried are you about Laurie Markkinen? Uh, not that worried. The Bulls have been, like, I think they've been unsustainably bad. Like, the, the percentages that all of these guys were shooting were terrible. They finally had a good win, um, sort of, against the Hawks last night. Both teams were on the back end of a back-to-back. John Collins out for the Hawks. Um Bulls made that one work, but I'm not. I'm not really worried about Markkinen. Um He has been, you know, one of. He's just a great scoring forward. Um, he 
one thing people don't realize, he gets the free throw line like pretty well, four and a half attempts per game from the free throw line. I think his three-point shooting will pick back up. He shot 36% from three both of his first years in the league. So that seems very sustainable that he he would get back up to that number. You know, I'm a little worried about maybe his two-point percentage a little bit. But I, I think first and foremost, he's a floor spacer. He's a he's a pump fake and drive guy. Kind of has like some Danilo Gallinari potential. Um, I'm, I'm really not that worried. I, I'm a little concerned. I... I banked pretty heavily on marketing in a couple of leagues and i mean the rebounding production has not been there i mean there were there were games especially when he first came back from injury last season where he was double digit rebounds night in and night out and he's still at seven and a half it hasn't been terrible but you know wendell carter is not like a huge volume rebounder at center and i kind of thought marketing would would get a larger share of those and that that really has not been the case so far the shooting should come around yeah but like you said i mean it, it does almost seem like he might be heading down more of a offensive specialist who gives you a little bit of production in other categories down the road. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think and I don't think I ever thought that he would be a 20 and 10 guy. I think there's a there's a world where marketing can average 20 points a game. I don't think that's the ideal role for him in an offense. I don't think you're going to win a ton of games or a title or anything if he's the one scoring 20 points a game, but I mean, if he, you know, if his the prime, if the prime of Markkinen's career is eighteen points, eight rebounds, and he shoots 38 percent from three consistently on a good volume, then it's probably worth the draft pick that they um, that they invested in him. Mm-hmm. And like in for, for fantasy, you can't you can't do anything about this. No, you can't drop him. Like no, you could maybe you could maybe trade him, but you're trading him at his lowest value. Right. So that's always rough. I he's definitely a hold for me at yeah. this point. Like I think fantasy. he's maybe a buy low even too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would right. say buy low on marketing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this this can be fantasy or non fantasy. Um, how worried are you about just the long term trajectory of Ben Simmons? I, I mean, he's he's already extremely good. I think right. we can all agree that like Ben Simmons, all star caliber player. He's pro- he's probably gonna make ten all star games. Yeah, he's, he already has one. Right. Um, he has one. He's twenty three years old, but. Yeah, I mean the shooting thing is concerning. I don't, I don't think it's ever. I've, I've zero faith that it's ever has not attempted a three per game, um, or has not attempted a three this season. I don't nope, think just the one in the preseason. Just the one in the preseason hasn't even considered it. That, um, that prop bag on over under sixty seven threes. <laughs> Did what you if, end up placing that? No, I can't. Uh, there oh, it was. Right. No, it was only offered on DraftKings, <laughs> which we cannot, uh, uh, which we could not done. I would have. Man, that would have been nice. Yeah, um, such my entire game. life, I would have probably asked. <clears throat> I'd like to see the breakdown on bets that they actually took on that. Like, how many people took the over? I would have been pleading with Peter, the CEO, Peter Shanky, to be like, "Hey, I know we have some money yeah. that we've been spending on expanding the building, but can we just put yeah. all of that in this Ben Simmons under? And I promise you, yep, that will be a, a richer company for it. But no, I think you know if he if he can average you know sixteen, eight, and eight for the rest of his career with you know, stealing half and block, he's going to be great. I just don't know what. I mean, he he can't really get better if he can't shoot, right? What's what's the path no, for him to get well, better? We're, yeah, I mean, we're two two plus years in now, and he's just doing the same thing. I mean, it, like you said, it, the baseline for him is so good. Like he was so good as a rookie that it's I get it's okay in the long term if that's who he is. You know, that's enough to get you right all stars. But it's, I mean, it, it looked like for a while. I mean, we were talking midway through his rookie season is like this guy's going to be the best player in the league in like three years maybe four years and right. you know a lot has happened since then with you know guys like Kawhi emerging and whatnot but he's been stagnant and there's an argument to be made that he was better as a rookie than he has been this year and even was at times last year like there's just been no there's been no improvement on the offensive end and what what is kind of his saving grace in a lot of ways is he's such a good defender that right even if he's you know still kind of killing you in some ways on offense like he, he does make up for it on the other end and in, in some ways that are that other guys don't i mean he leads the league in steals right now that's yep. huge you know the size that he offers at the position is, is invaluable in a lot of ways but i mean the other thing too is uh his rookie year over four free throw attempts per game last year five and a half thus far three and a half and he's shooting 56 percent. like not only is he not shooting threes um he's you know it's it's has an effect at the free throw line as well um do you, how much of this do you think is because of the fit 
of Joel Embiid or the lack of fit between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Embiid not developing. That's another thing. Embiid himself hasn't developed as a three-point shooter like a lot of people thought he would. Like, I think people expected Embiid to be like a 35% three-point shooter by now and launching like four a game, um, opening up the court for Simmons, and that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you are you in the camp of, hey, if you gave – if you put – if you replaced Giannis on the box with Ben Simmons, would Ben Simmons be a better player? Would he have better numbers I think than he has similar. right now? I think it'd be really similar. I think with the I mean, five-out offense. That's yeah, sort of I mean, thing. like, I think you you almost kind of think of Embiid as a better uh, three-point shooter than he is. Whereas, right. I mean, him and Giannis have been very comparable over the last few years. Like Giannis probably holding the advantage. Um, I guess Embiid's shot just like looks better. He doesn't have the occasional air balls. <laughs> Um, that that kind of plague Giannis, and I think you know end up maybe hurting his reputation more than the numbers would would imply. But I mean, Embiid came out and said before the season, like the only reason I shoot threes is because I need to space the floor, and it was pretty clear what he was talking about. And right. I think ideally, Embiid takes one or two threes a game when he's wide open. Um, but I mean, it's pretty clear that his running mate isn't going to be taking any anytime soon. So I, I think, I mean, you look at Embiid two years ago, thirty one percent, three and a half attempts. Last year, exactly 30% four attempts. This year, 31% four attempts per game. I mean, it's, it's only a four-game sample, but it looks like we're kind of going down the same road again where Embiid feels like he has to space, right. you know, even though he's he knows he's not great at it. It's it's funny. Like, we keep talking about this with the 76ers. Like, oh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like, they're bad fits. They should be on different teams. 76ers might be the third best team in the NBA. Yeah, they might be second best team. They, or first they best could team easily the win the title. And we're like, yeah, these yeah. guys don't fit. And I don't think they do, but they're both so talented mm-hmm. that they're making it work. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That is why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I just used SeatGeek earlier this year, twice actually, to get tickets to Green Bay Packers games. No issues either way. Just downloaded the tickets, had them right on my phone, scanned them, boom, I was in. Super, super easy. That's how it works with SeatGeek. And best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA, R-O-T-O-N-B-A. Again, that promo code is ROTONBA for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Who I was thinking about this last night watching watching the Bucks, um, and I'm a staunch Chris Middleton can't be your second best player if you want to win a title guy. He was he was fine last night. Bledsoe was actually really good, other than <laughs> running in bow. I've never seen anyone do that. That was one of the wilder things I've seen. Um, but who who would be like the ideal guy to pair with Giannis? Whether it's on the Bucks or if if Giannis were to leave Milwaukee, like who would you want to see him play alongside? Like in terms of complementary players, I saw a poll the other day. Who would you rather have for the Bucks? Yeah, uh, Chris Middleton or Malcolm Brogdon? Ooh, based on close. based on what we're seeing this year, which is it's kind of rough for Bucks fans to actually have to like think about that question and be like, maybe Brogdon's actually better than Chris Middleton. It's um, close. It's very close. I think they're. I mean, I think the right answer is Middleton, but it's not. It's closer than people would like to admit. Right, and that you know. Brogdon is a guy who provides I think it is like the Brogdon type the guy who provides off ball yep um shooting and then also can be a secondary ball handler or even a primary ball handler if he has to um Middleton can only do one of those things he can only be a three-point shooter Bledsoe can only do one of those things he can only be a secondary ball handler he can't shoot um so I think a, a Brogdon type, I, there's there's guys like that all over the league. Of course, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But just like a, any combo guard, like a Lou Williams or like... Well, I'm saying like know. what other star would you want him oh, what to... Other, assuming or, or assuming he's like teaming up with... Like let's say he, in Milwaukee, which I think is going to happen, gets beat in the second or third round. Sure. And it looks a lot like last year. And they just they kind of run out of options. They're out, out-talented by, by probably Philly. You know, let's say he does leave Milwaukee, which, you know, we're talking 
multiple years down the road. Right. Um, like who just complete hypothetical, like who, what other star, if, if his goal is, Hey, this team around me is not good enough. I need to play with another star. Who would you want it to be? Whether it's realistic or not. Um, that's tough. I, do you have someone in mind? Not, not really. I mean, it's, it's especially tough because I mean, him and Donovan Mitchell would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it has to be like an attacking guard like that. You're like Giannis and James Harden would make no sense together. That would (laughs) be 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 the worst fit of all time. They would win, like they would find a way to win 70 games. I'm sure because they're (laughs) they're so talented, but like it would be terrible. Giannis and LeBron wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, No, no, like a Donovan Mitchell type. I almost think that even though Donovan Mitchell's not James Harden, that would be such a better fit. It has to be somebody who can shoot of course mm-hmm. um I mean, even like someone like luka Doncic, like again Doncic and Giannis would figure it out but i don't think that's the ideal fit it's gotta be kind of like a lower usage rate guy like the, it, it can't be two guys competing for the ball yeah i mean i think it's somebody who can run the pick and roll with Giannis as a role man which we we haven't really seen that much because he's you know the guy handling the ball so much right um yeah i mean a, a shoot first scoring guard i think is the answer i don't i don't know if there's one specific guy but we may find out in the next few years. Who knows? Um, all right, let's take a look at some future bets, which continue to be updated on a number of sports books. Um, do you want to talk team futures or players first? Let's let's talk team first because okay. we don't we don't have as many uh, divisional odds. You can so the 76ers, who I mean the, the Celtics are pretty competitive in that division right now, um, but their strength of schedule has been easier than the 76ers uh 76ers are minus 225 to win their division the bucks are clearly a and makes sense minus 1000 to win their division the heat are minus 167 to win their division i don't think i don't think the magic are going to catch the heat at this point even if they positively regress if you parlay all three of those the 76ers the bucks and the heat to win their divisions you get plus 155 odds which is pretty nice to me Back 100 to win 155. Um, I just think like all of these are almost locks. Um, weirdly, I'm, I'm almost more concerned about the 76ers not winning the division despite their odds being, you know, minus 225 compared to the Heats. Because, I mean, if the, you know, the 76ers, if Simmons or Embiid gets hurt, their depth isn't great. But I just, I just think all those are, are good bets to make and especially together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I it, it seems weird to call anything a lock this early in the season, but you know, I mean, you're basically betting. You know, if you're if you're not taking that bet, you're betting that Giannis is getting hurt or Jimmy Butler's getting hurt, and that might not even be enough. The way the Heat have looked so far, right? The Heat one especially. Yeah, I mean, I the team, you know, the team that would maybe knock them off. We thought two you know two weeks ago was Orlando, and they they've looked like the worst. They've looked worse than Washington so far. They've looked right. significantly worse than Charlotte. And, and even Atlanta, you know, I, I I still think they'll find ways to be a pretty frisky team without John Collins. But I think, you know, in, in the next few weeks here, Miami could open up five, six game lead in that division. And, you know, even if even if you have an injury at some point, it's going to be hard to close that gap. I mean, the Bucks and the Central is, to me, the biggest lock of all these. Um, yeah, just sure. because Philly, I mean, hard to judge them based on Embiid missing time already. He's already missed three games. But they're still five and two. Um, the thing that would the Atlantic, I guess, is the one that I'm the least sure about because Toronto's right. looked better than I thought. Boston's looked about as good, but maybe slightly better than I thought. So, to me, there's still a chance that Philly, you know, just ends up being a team kind of like the Clippers have been early on, where it's very, very clear that their focus is on the playoffs, mm-hmm. and as long as they have home court in the first round, you know, they don't really care where they finish in the division. But with that said, I would still bet on Philly to win the Atlantic. I just, I'm not. I wouldn't call it like a stone cold lock. Right. Yeah. The heat, the heat one is the one I have the most confidence Mm -hmm. in. Um, the, I, the Mavericks are plus 900 to win the Southwest. And right now they look like the best team in the Southwest. The Rockets still have not really gotten two wins that I feel like, you know, like they haven't proven anything to me at all. They barely beat the wizards in that insane regulation game. They, like they they beat the Warriors, but it wasn't like I mean the first half was close, yeah, like extremely close. It might have been close to tied. Um, the Spurs, I mean the Spurs are always going to be sneaky, but they don't look particularly good either. So um, the way Luca and and Porzingis have looked, 
the cohesion that the Mavericks have, good coach, good depth. Plus 900 seems like mm-hmm. pretty good odds to me at this point. I, I I still would go with Houston in that division, but for plus 900, yeah. Right. I, like it. I like it from a betting perspective. I mean, you got to remember, Houston was 11-14 and 14 to start last season and went on just a crazy run. I mean, they, were, they looked significantly worse this time last year than they did this year. And I, I think they'll eventually find their stride and, and kind of be that team in the Southwest. But, but yeah, again, I mean, at that number, I, I certainly wouldn't tell you to stay away. I've been pretty disappointed with San Antonio so far. I, yeah. I very confidently took the over um, just, just because the, they, haven't, they haven't gone under in like forever. They, they get to 47 wins every single year. And it, the rotations have just been weird. I don't know. I mean, like, I thought, I mean, this sounds kind of weird to say, but I thought Damari Carroll was going to be like a really nice addition. And he's barely <laughs> played. Like, he's had like five DNPs already. And they're they're basically playing White and Murray 24, 25 minutes a night at the expense of, you know, giving Patty Mills 30 minutes randomly. It, it just, I, I'm confident that they'll be right in the mix as they always are, you know, somewhere in the six to 10 range. But um, I, I've been a little bit disappointed, I guess, with, with how they've used some of these guys. Yeah, Bryn Forbes is third on the team in yeah. minutes right now. It's he's become like a actual fantasy guy over like Derek White and Murray to some right. extent, um, at least consistency <clears throat> in, in minutes. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, like you said, I'm sure they'll get it together, but it's a weird start mm-hmm. for sure. These Rockets title odds better than both the Nuggets and the Jazz. Yeah, Rockets plus 800 to win the title, Nuggets and Jazz plus 1600. I am not. I don't. I mean, the entire even before the season, I would not. Those teams are closer to even than they are the Rockets being significantly better, I think, than the Nuggets or the Jazz. So, uh, kind of strange to me. I mean, I, you know, the Nuggets have the star power, or excuse me, the Rockets have the star power, but it's surprising that it's that big of a gap. That's why I I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong that the Rockets are ahead of those teams, but 800 compared to 1600 is a big, big leap. Um, Yeah. I mean, to some degree, I guess, you know, Houston hasn't really proven anything in terms of winning big series, but they've at least made several runs deep in the playoffs you know denver we we haven't really seen that with utah we haven't seen that with with this group so there is kind of that unknown factor but i think there's an argument to be made that like in a playoff series like denver and utah are almost better equipped than than this version of the rockets i i think so um yeah the the rockets just i mean i'm sure they'll get better but the defense has been unbelievably bad and um yeah we've seen hargan and westbrook struggle in the playoffs before I feel like there's just so much sample size there that you have to start to believe it, even if you think they're great players. Um, and I, I just I just think the Nuggets and Jazz are both really good. And you might be buying – I mean, you're getting them at the same odds. You might be buying low on the Nuggets right now because the Nuggets haven't looked as good as I think you or I thought they would mm-hmm. right out of the gate. No, they certainly have not. I'm very disappointed in the shape that Jokic has managed to show up in <laughs> despite playing in FIBA like how did the, he had like three weeks to get out of shape and he managed to get like somehow even more out of shape um okay let's look at some of the player futures before we get out of here the MVP odds have been updated Giannis leaves the way unsurprisingly at plus 225 I think if you bet on Giannis preseason you still feel pretty good about that based on how things have gone and based on I think how much they're going to need him even more than last season um to win games he looks better than last season and he's still at plus odds yeah last i mean last night was an incredible Giannis game that second half it was when he started hitting threes that you gotta love the the combination of air balling free throws and then just drilling threes i think he was 12 14 at the line too right like he had he airballed a free throw and then hit basically every other attempt it looked really good he was actually getting arc under his shot which is the main problem for Giannis. he always shoots flat so if he consistently does that then he will hit shots I agree. It was uh, no hesitation either. It was a big thing. Right. You know, he would catch he would catch a ball on a swing and just go right up with it instead of you know. There's in the past there's been a lot of jabbing and shot faking and you you outwardly tell he's thinking about it. Uh, that was certainly not the case last night. Um, James Harden's at plus four fifty. Davis plus six hundred. LeBron plus eight hundred. Kawhi plus eight hundred. Uh, then you kind of get into that next tier: Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Kyrie, Towns. Um, where would you draw the line in terms of saying I'm confident it's going to be one of X guys? Uh, the Giannis, Hargan, Davis, LeBron, Kawhi, okay, crew. I think everyone after that, Jokic and B, Doncic, Irving. I don't think any of those guys are winning MVP. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I guess if Jokic works his way back in there, but you know, he's he's. It feels like he's already fallen behind based on how well these yeah. other guys have started. Embiid, like we said, has missed time. 
I don't think this is the year that Doncic wins it, but I think it's coming soon. Um, I yeah. would, you know, would you like over under one and a half MVPs for the next eight years for Doncic? Um, <laughs> that's tough. I guess I'll go over. Like, I think he's that good. Yeah, I, yeah. he's definitely good enough to he's win. He's going to get one MVPs. at some point for sure. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's so much talent spread out that 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 might be the bigger factor. I'm, I think I'm with you. That's where I draw the line. I, I've said before. I, I think I was too low on Kawhi for this. Right. Um, although, I mean, in the time that since I've said that, he's been getting just absolutely killed for the load management stuff. And I think that I really think that's going to factor in when MVP voting happens, because a lot of the guys who are yelling about this are the guys who hold MVP votes. Um, and I think that will be held against him. The Clippers also just haven't looked quite as dominant. I mean, they looked awesome against the Lakers on opening night. And since then, it's been a little more up and down. And a big part of that has been Kawhi, you know, has missed two of their bigger games. Yeah, um, I, I think you can still win it. But like you said, yeah, the narrative is playing against him at this point. I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. I've, we talked about before the podcast. We don't. I don't. I don't care about the load management thing. Yeah, I just don't. Um, a lot of people are like, "Well, you better win the title if you do it." Well, he, he <laughs> or he's what? won it twice. He has two Finals MVPs. Yeah, he has a max contract. It's going pretty well. For <laughs> he has him. a degenerative issue in his quad, so yeah. he probably is going to sit some out. But yeah. Um, I uh, yeah I. Guys beyond Leonard here, I don't. Yeah. I don't trust to win MVP There's, at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I really can't build a case for anybody. Um, like Towns and Lillard, Towns if the numbers are just like, in, if he somehow averages three steals and three blocks a game, like he'll have, he'll have to get attention. But the the numbers have to be so insane because right. those teams don't look like they're going to be that good right now. So yeah, those and teams, Giannis is going to have a great team, and his numbers will be insane. So like they have to be significantly more insane than Giannis's numbers, which I I don't even know if you know that's not even possible. Right. Interesting that uh, you can get Jabari Parker at plus 50,000. You can get DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> what would DeMarcus Cousins have to do? Like come back in like early April and average 400 points per game? Like how, <laughs> how is it even legal to post that bet? That is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. He has the same odds to win MVP as Kevin Love. Like what? That's one you like what are we doing? do and then frame if you're a DeMarcus Cousins fan. Yeah, right. And, like I have this ticket. Um, I get maybe throw a dollar on it just in case. Just, I mean, you never know. You never know. Uh, the, the most interesting odds, and we'll wrap up with this, that I think are available right now are updated most improved player odds. Right. These were all over the place before the season because it's one of those awards that's just really hard to pinpoint. You know, you're basically, it's basically breakout player, and right. nobody knows who those guys are going to be usually uh, a year in advance. But I'll read you the top few, and I think for the most part, these are right in line with where they should be. Number one, SGA, plus 550. Brandon Ingram, plus 650. Malcolm Brogdon, plus 800. Rozier, plus 1,200. Uh, don't love that one. Siakam, plus 1,200. Trey Young, 1,400. Adebayo, 1,600. And Doncic, plus 2,000. Um, there's a slew. I mean, they have literally like 50 guys you could bet on here. <laughs> right. um, I, I think with the exception of Rozier, the rest of that list is all right. I mean, Terry Rozier has not been Why good. Why is he on this list? Like, he, can, he should be on the list. He shouldn't be, right. he shouldn't be the fourth favorite. He shouldn't be above... Trey Young or Bam Adebayo, yeah, I guess maybe tie with Siakam. They're counting on maybe some of these people just vote based on. I mean, his counting stats, I guess, will end up being significantly higher than last year. But I mean, if you've been watching, he hasn't been very good. I mean the 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 decision to bet Terry Rozier at plus twelve hundred or Malcolm Brogdon at plus eight hundred feels so obvious. Yeah, it's just a weird number for Rozier. But yeah, like you said, all these guys are, I think, legitimate candidates. Um, SGA is going to get downgraded because he's in his second year and people don't like that narrative because you're supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, Ingram is interesting. His three-point shooting has been unsustainable, so we'll see how that affects mm-hmm. things. Brogdon looks really good to me at plus 800. Yeah. It's kind of the kind of the perfect mix of he's been in the league for a while. Uh, people thought he was underrated even when he won one rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. He got away from the usage rig of Giannis and the Bucks. The main the main knock for him is just going to be the Pacers aren't good, and yeah. that's not that's not due to I mean, that's no fault of his. It's just they've been hurt, and so if you know, but if they only end up with if, if they don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's a it's going to be a harder vote to cast. I, I agree with you to some degree. I, I don't think this is like MVP though. Like we've seen guys on bad not teams win this. It's just more about numbers. Um, if he's still averaging twenty one and nine in April, I think he's going to win it. He has to. Um, Ingram's. I mean, Ingram. I think if you gave it out right now, he's probably the winner just because he's had signature performances i know they're one and six but i mean the numbers are so much better um gilgis alexander i mean i can't argue with him being number one at, at 550 him and ingram are almost even um looking down a little bit there there are a few guys with you know higher odds that i do kind of like for this one we should talk about siakam he's he's only at right. plus 1200 
no one's ever won this award twice. Obviously, no one's ever won it back-to-back. I, 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 because of that, I, it would, I would have a really hard time endorsing that bet. Um, not at plus 1,200. If he falls maybe a little bit further, then I would think about it. Right. I think, um, I mean, he's averaging 26 a game last year compared to 17 a game last year. His rebounds are up about two per game. I think the main barrier for him to win this award is just going to be that his assists aren't that high. Um, didn't really make any improvements there this year, mm-hmm. and his defensive stats are stagnant and have arguably gotten worse. Yeah. So I think for him, those two things are going to hold him back. Mm-hmm. If he can somehow average five assists a game and get his steals and blocks up to a combined two again, I think he has a good chance. Yeah. He's he's still been ridiculous, right? Well, and, and if the Raptors win fifty games again without Kawhi, I think that's maybe his biggest right. selling point. Is they lost who basically everyone agreed in June was the best player in the league, and it didn't matter. Like that's a pretty big point in his favor, I think. Looking further down, um, Thomas Bryant plus twenty five hundred, maybe Jonathan Isaac plus thirty three hundred. He's been quietly very good, but he is a guy that if Orlando ends up being significantly worse than last year, I think that hurts him. Um, Jaron Fox at plus 5,000. He was my preseason pick for this award. I mean, I know they've been kind of a disaster, but plus 5,000. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Justice Winslow also at plus 5,000. He's been sneaky, really good, um, but a little inconsistent. So I, I think if I had to choose between those two, I'd still side with Fox. I agree. I mean, Fox is um, he's really good last year. Like you mentioned, the struggles of the Kings in general. I think he'll he'll pick it back up. His assist to turnover ratio is not good right now. I think mm-hmm. they'll they'll swing back to to what it was last year. But I think the odds you're getting him at plus five thousand are good. I yep. can't imagine he plays worse than this. Right, and it's possible this just ends up being a bad eight game mm-hmm. stretch, which happens to everyone all the time. Right, and I don't I don't know where Fox opened, but my guess is he would have been like under plus one thousand. You know, he would have been the guy that's at like plus 800 like brogdon i mean so this is if you're still a fox believer like now is the time i think to kind of pounce on that number yeah i think so too okay we'll wrap this thing up you will be back with ken and shannon on friday i'll be back with james on wednesday Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.